This is Jake from State Farm, uh, and I'm wearing sweatpants. Hey, this is Jake from Aether Realm, and you're listening to Interview Under Fire. All right, Jake, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today on Interview Under Fire. You know, it's, this is a big weekend for you guys. Congrats on the release of Regnet Vikings from Hell out on Napalm Thanks, Records. Uh, what's been uh, going through your mind, like, as of, as of, like, this moment? You know, it's not like you planned to release an album during a pandemic ever. You know, how have yeah, things, no. yeah, how been things for you guys, you know, how have things been for you guys and uh, your band? And how well, yesterday you- morning... When the album came out, I yeah. woke up and my computer was broken. <laughs> uh, so uh, I just had to buy a new 2012 MacBook. Uh, but thankfully, they seem to get cheaper all the time. That's like my weapon of choice when it comes to... Not a bad way uh, to start off an album release day, huh? Yeah, yeah. No, it was, that was something else. Uh, but honestly, I sort of planned my life around like album releases. Yeah. So I don't ever, I, I don't ever plan anything afterwards. I just like, I assume I'm going to die before it comes out. Uh, and so we get there and I'm like, all right, sick. Oh, my computer's broke. That's fine. I didn't even need it for anything after this anyways. Uh, so, so how long have you guys been on uh, lockdown in North Carolina? Oh uh, man. Uh, it was supposed to end like today, but it's been exp- extended another week until the 8th. Uh, which is a bummer because I was going to go hang out on, on Chris Bo's pod or Chris Bo's Twitch stream yeah. today and like, play silly songs with him. Um, but it started, I mean, it started just about a month exactly ago. Uh, governor announced that uh, a, sta- a stay at home order. So only like mandatory travel. And uh, I work at a pharmacy. So, uh, right. I have a little hall pass in my car that says, hey, this dude works at a pharmacy. Don't throw him in jail for driving around. Uh, you know, so it's, for me, it's been pretty similar to, to normal because I don't go out that much anyways. I mean, we probably would have gone out and, like, party down at a bar or something after Redneck Vikings came out to celebrate. But, you know, we just sort of did that at home. Yeah, but it's all right because you're you know, you're uh, air walking on uh, Golden Gate Bridge. I think everything's yeah, all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're in good hands, bro. Um, so, so well, I have to ask you this. I know you've probably been asked this on many other uh, shows and interviews. You know, Viking metal from North America. You're not from Finland or Sweden, correct? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> we are not from Finland. So get, did- we keep getting asked about that shirt. Like, hey, when is that shirt coming back out? Man, I don't know. Maybe we'll just make a new shirt. Come on. Man, I think that'd be a great idea just to release, just to just to help you guys out with like funding and stuff like that. That's a shirt that I would wear in a heartbeat. I think I would want to get a new like front art, not because the first one's bad, because I love Joe Gettler. Uh, he's, yeah. he's in the band Wilderun, and he did that art. But I do just like like getting new shirt art is like Christmas for me. That's like my favorite thing. So it's like, oh my god, we got some new yeah. cool stuff to put out. Uh, so I really just like you know paying people to do a new one. 
Man, talking about like Viking and folk metal, like you think of bands like Winter Sun, Ensiferum, uh, Bodum, Kalama, there's the list is just endless. And then there's you guys. Like it's 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 like it's like you guys are like came out of uh, almost like I don't want to say nowhere because you guys, you know, have uh, uh, Tarot. Yeah. I, I absolutely love that album. I think it's it's is it Tarot or is Tarot? Some people have pronounced it both ways. That's how okay. I always say it. Yeah, I absolutely love that record and I put it up there with some of the best you know, Viking metal I've ever heard or folk metal, whatever you want to, you know, call it. But where did the influence come into this new album? Because you guys changed things up. And uh, when you first released that single Guardian, I was like, interesting choice for yeah. a single. And then, of course, I listened to the entire way through a few times in the past couple of days. You guys, you guys are, that's probably one of my favorite records I've heard this year already. Well, thanks, um, so, man. So, um, you know, I don't know where the influence came from. Like, like did you decide to just, okay, I want to try something different this time around, you know, as opposed to what you're usually doing. Of course, you want to stay, st- uh, you know, same, uh, stick to your roots, what you usually play with, but then add, like, new elements to it. Is it something that you just came up with your own, or is that something you, you guys passed along as bandmates, decided we're going to change things up a bit? I'll tell you exactly how it went down. Ontario originally we had talked about doing like a secret bonus track. Um, I don't, have you ever, have you ever listened to Between the Barrier to Me? Oh yeah. 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 They got a song on one of their albums that like, I, I can't remember whether it's before the first track or after the last track, but it might be after the last track. There's like a few minutes of silence. And then uh, there's like one last song that's not listed on the, on the tracks called Manland, And it's just like the goofiest uh wait which album was this which album was this i'm trying to uh just look up bt bam manland and you'll find it (laughs) Corey, can you look that up if you get a chance Corey, can you look that up (laughs) um anyways that you know it's kind of the secret goofy song that was uh alongside you know a very good piece of art you know the album that it was on uh, and I thought that was really funny. And so we were talking about doing Redneck Vikings from Hell as a bonus track on Tarot and just making it like the goofiest, most, you know, Southern sounding song we possibly could write, you know, hitting like all the, all the sick, like, you know, kind of like corrosion yeah. conformity style. Yeah. Like, you know, doing super like Pantera vocals on it. So we, we had that all kind of set up and planned. Uh, because the the Redneck Vikings thing is like, that's sort of just us looking at ourselves as a band and being like, yeah, it is kind of silly that a band from Greenville, North Carolina, or from North Carolina in general all over, has a song about Odin and, you know, <laughs> writing songs about like mystical occult shit, you know. Man, I will, say, I'll, I, will, I will say this, I don't mean to interrupt you, but like I will say that having that just that tone, that uh, theme, from a band coming out of North Carolina, that's how you create attention. That's how you yeah. make a name for yourself. I love that you guys did that. So, so you know, we just realized it was kind of silly, and uh, it became a matter of, like, what if we just wrote, like, the most honest album we could <laughs> about, <laughs> you know, just not trying to represent ourselves as being, like, from this mystical frozen north, but just be like, hey, yeah, no, we're just like some dudes from North Carolina. <laughs> um, and so, uh, but, you know, it's, it, 
with that said, I still love all the music that comes out of out of uh, all these bands, these folk metal bands from Finland and and uh, you know from Europe in general. Like that music really speaks to me. Um, yeah. It's the music that that I I want to write. Um, so it it was sort of the natural combination of these things. And originally we were going to do it just as a joke, but we kind of ran out of time when we were doing tarot. Uh, and also, we wrote too much music on Tarot, so we we even had to cut a song because it was like seventy eight minutes of music, and we couldn't afford to do a double album, so we cut the Magician from Tarot uh, for budget reasons. Um, so when it came around to this one, uh, we had we sort of got stuck on that Redneck Vikings from Hell like concept. Uh, you know, obviously Pantera's got Cowboys from Hell. There was this band yeah. from Tennessee yeah. that was really funny called Hate Stomp that had a song called Rebel Metal from Hell. <laughs> um, and the idea of it just like trying to write this this sort of fake tall tale backstory of ourselves as a band, but we just we just talk ourselves up like we're these demons summoned out of hell that come up from the south and part of your town to the ground. And then, you know, leave it in ruins. Uh, and we're like, it, I don't know, man. It just like, it, the, the idea just stuck around. And one, the chorus of that song was one of the ones where it was like, it all got written right, right at once. It wasn't like one thing happens and then a week passed. Yeah. And then, like, oh, this, maybe this thing should happen. That whole chorus came out all in one session, like, like super fast. Uh, the melody and the chord progression and the lyrics and everything yeah. like um, so once that had happened I like it would get stuck in my head so often that I felt like it would we just needed to actually do it you know like sometimes you do a, you write a musical idea and it's like a funny goofy thing you're like oh we'll never do this um, but that one it, it just became apparent that like I don't know it's kind of good like it's kind of sick <laughs> How do you feel like the overall theme of the album? Like now it's out, you know, you got the fans reacting to it and you've, you've gotten a great reception from the fans too. Um, like what's your overall feeling? Do you feel, I don't want to say maybe fulfilled, like this is what I wanted. Everything I want is on this album and it's out. Uh, I slept till 3 p.m. today. That was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I think that's all you needed. <laughs> that's good. Um, but uh yeah yeah i mean it's it's a relief uh we're definitely not done doing work related to this album um because you know at some point we're going to get back out on tour and and then you know like however many months after the album is out we'll we'll finally get to play it live and that's all part of that same uh experience um yeah which is really fun it's also kind of stressful you got to make sure you're good enough at, at playing the material to present it live and of course um but in the at least in the short term i'm i'm really hyped about it uh and i'm i'm very relieved that for at least a few days <laughs> i don't have to necessarily be right on top of like getting some shit ready for the release like it's out Everybody can listen yeah. to it. Just, cool. Thanks. Was it, uh, you know, some bands, I mean, during this time, of course, like we, I just said before, how you don't really plan to release, <laughs> like you don't really plan for a pandemic. Just, that's just straightforward. No, you know? But then you not. have bands, you have bands like Lamb of God, Enslaved, they were actually, they moved their releases 
further in the year. Is that something that was maybe crossed your mind before the album came out? Because some yeah, bands are sticking to the schedule, some bands are deciding to postpone it. Yeah, I would say uh, I'm really glad that we did stick to the schedule um, because I would have lost my damn mind if uh, if we like got this close to releasing it. It was like all ready to go, and we were all like rushing to hit these deadlines. Like, all right, we got to mix it by this time. We got to fucking have all the synths by this date. Like, and then it was just like, oh, by the way, we're gonna push it out like three more months. I would like blow a gasket. <laughs> like what? Uh, you know, because I, I don't want to wait anymore. I'm an impatient dude. I like to get it done and then get get it put out. Um, so I'm glad that it came out on time, though I could not speak to, like, the business savvy level of either putting it out or not putting it out in the pandemic. I don't know. I don't know how all, how all that yeah. goes down. I like to believe that if the music is good, then it won't matter when it came out. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I don't have that much knowledge regarding that the field of choosing release dates yeah uh you know it's 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 funny yeah, like everything you just mentioned like it's important sticking to the schedule look at you know other bands there's uh black deli murder trivium they they're actually i think they're on the top 10 like billboard list on like album releases and that's sick yeah i mean just goes to show you know you can still stick to the schedule and get the reception that maybe you're expecting, maybe even more than what you're expecting. Uh, music is what people need. More importantly, maybe more than ever now in this time in our lives. And I think it's, you guys are doing the job and, you know, giving it to people like us and other fans around the world. Um, well, thanks. Top, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, we've gotten a lot of messages from people that are like, man, this is like just what we need. Like, especially about the, the music video we did yesterday. Like a lot of people are like, oh man, this is like exactly what I needed to be watching. Like people still having fun at home. Like it sucks, but it does suck that bad because we can all still, you know, do do shit. Yeah. Um, so that's been cool. So being stuck at home, how are you keeping up with your bass playing and your vocals? Do you live in a place where you can just crank up and play? Uh, here's the deal. I I have not practiced bass at all since I knew that I was not going on tour. <laughs> Uh, I'm the type okay. of dude that, well, like, once I know the show's coming up, I'm like, all right, I'm going to get these songs tight. It's time. But in between, I spend more time just writing music, like in Logic or, or you know, uh, playing piano. I got the piano set up over here. Nice. Um, and, uh, you know, I I love playing bass, but... I, I, to be honest, the, none of the parts I'm playing on this album, besides like the tappy tap riff and slave to the riff, um, none of it's like that crazy. You know, it's a lot of trying to mirror the mirror of the guitar or I'm sticking yeah. to the root every now and then I'll, I'll get off of it. And I give myself a little bit of a self-indulgent solo section in slave to the riff. But for the most part, I'm supporting the guitars. Uh, so thankfully for either of our purposes, I don't have to be, uh, on top of you have 100% of my skills all the time. <laughs> um, but uh, I have been trying to get real good at singing Guardian, and I'm about, I think, 80% there right now. Okay, okay. Uh, we've got it set up. So I bought a new interface. Uh, it's Behringer Euphoria. It's got four inputs, so we can do stereo mics on the piano and then a single uh, vocal mic and you know, run some like reverb and delay on the vocals and we'll probably record ourselves playing it, me and Heinrich and Donnie, uh, cause we all live together. 
Um, okay, okay. Do you think you might be doing that maybe live? Something to, that the fans can interact with? Uh, I would love to. I got to figure out how we can stream something and do it good. Uh, Heinrich just logged into – he likes this DJ Bass Nectar. He just logged oh, into okay. a Bass Nectar stream last night, and uh, the audio was, like, skipping. Uh, okay. And it's like, oh, that sucks ass. Like, I don't want to do a stream and have it all – the audio all fucked up. So, if, if we can find a way to – stream high quality audio and make sure it's all it's like good on the end of the person watching then we would do that otherwise we can you know we just record ourselves and do multi-camera angles and then put that out and we could put it out as a premiere and you know hang out in the comments and stuff yeah but see you already yeah that's already good you already have ideas like already you're talking about right now some you know the, the twitch is very popular what i've seen you know a lot of artists are going on twitch and interacting with the fans that's just like an important way to keep themselves and the fans busy um does this uh so a lot of the artists you know we're all home right now and i was wondering if this pandemic does this open thing like open new things up for you personally and artistically may have you not noticed before you know for example you know I've, i've had some people say you know i've started cooking a lot and you know i've never knew that i could cook this much and you know, just new things about yourself that maybe you have not noticed before. Well, with me, uh, my life hadn't changed all that much because I'm still working regularly. So for the most part, it's, it's just still been uh, going to work during the week and then at night and then on the weekends, it's scheming up whatever band stuff needs to be schemed up at the moment. Okay, okay, um, yeah. So, but I mean, that said, like, uh, I have been scheming harder than ever. <laughs> so maybe that's, maybe that's something I learned that, uh, more time I have, the more scheming I do with music stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We got some, uh, we finally got like patches in. That's something that our fans have been asking for, for a zillion years. So awesome. Uh, we got some nice. Dudes and we're going to send them to the merch day. store and have them sell them for us. Yeah, so uh, with these with the artists, you know, they're you know they're doing the live streaming thing we talked about. Uh, we've seen some bands go on do a live show uh, at an empty venue and stream it uh, for the fans. Um, do you think, yeah, as an artist, do you think as do you think the quarantine induced live streaming surge is going to affect the touring musician business going forward? Do you see more bands doing this down the road, even if we're back? You know. Uh, yeah, I think bands probably will do it more just because sometimes really cool ideas are right there in front of your face and you just don't really think about them, uh, because it's not the model, you know, you don't, when when touring is, was, was up and good, nobody was really thinking about, uh, a live streamed metal concert because why would you do that when you could just go do it, you know? Um, but now that this is, it, this is the case, like it, it opens up the idea of like, well, what about like when you know you're not touring for like a three month period or a four month period or something like that, uh, but you can all get together for, for one day in that period. Like what if we tried to set something up like this to keep, you know, keep people happy while we're, while we're not out on the road. Um, so I think now that it, that that sort of ice has been broken a little bit, uh, I think 
that we will see more of that even when touring starts back up, but uh, maybe not the quantity of it that we're seeing right now, just because yeah. right now it's the only thing anybody can do uh, in regarding playing a lot. I mean, live shows are a whole different monster. You know, you don't really get the energy. Like I could sit here and just watch either realm perform an entire set, but it's different when I'm actually in person and actually feeling the energy, but you know. Yeah, and you're like interacting with people too. It's a social yeah. thing where like yeah. you go up and someone's wearing, you know, a band shirt that you like and you're like, oh bro, you know, I love at the gates. Fucking you have you ever heard Blinded by Fear? Oh yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, you see a lot of the, you know, you interact with a lot of fans, you know, with of course the band members also. It's it's different. But you know, uh they're still doing the live streaming. It's I I, I don't I don't know if it's working. Maybe some of it's Insomnium was messed up. They had everything all set up. They like yeah. uh, sold tickets to it and everything. And they got it all ready to go. And then something happened where the streaming service they were working with or the, the company that was hosting it or whatever yeah. uh, dropped the ball. And they, they were not able to put it out that day. Now, they still filmed the whole thing. Yeah, and, and they, I think they put it out later. And the next day, I think, they put it all out. Um, so it's not, it's not like that's a, uh, nightmare scenario. I mean, it's probably a nightmare scenario that day of for them, yeah. but the next day it's like, okay, well we still did the thing and here you go. And we'll hang out with you while we all watch together. You know, you can, you can yeah. save that kind of thing. And the fact that the fans even like tuned in just in the first place, that's, I think that's just a, I think that was just a great gesture in the first place from the band. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's. Like that's that's the the most rewarding thing about any of this is like when you finally can, you know, talk to somebody. I was like, oh man, I really like that song, or like listen to people hear it for the first time. We did uh, we did a napalm listening party uh, yesterday at noon, and then we maybe I can't confirm or deny that we maybe did a, a listening party the night before at midnight with uh, in our Discord Discord channel with like a smaller number of people cool. uh, and it's always really cool to just see people you know oh wow this solo right here is like the coolest one i've heard ever yeah you know uh that's that's always fun to watch people's initial reactions to stuff you know, like that you know we're talking about the fans just now yeah uh, you know you've you've toured a lot you know what's your what was your favorite part about touring just in general now oh, that you man. kind of just now that kind of just everything kind of just come to a halt uh, I just like meeting people. Um, I mean, seeing old friends too, obviously you tour for a long time. You, you meet people everywhere and you're excited to see them again when you go back to that state, uh, you know. Uh, but then you also meet new people too. Every time, you know, someone comes yeah. up and buys some merch and says, man, you know, on like this song was like really got me through my fucking third semester of, of, biology at college <laughs> you know i actually do this this is what i do and you learn all about these other people that have managed to work this little album that you've made into their lives somehow uh and you hear a lot of stories about that and i really like hearing about all that shit like how yeah. people have in you know because because i do the same stuff with other bands um you know like for me i remember very vividly seeing Insufirum on the From Afar tour. Uh, and there was a band called Blackguard opening up for them. Ah, oh, great Canada. band. 
great band so sick uh firefight was like yeah i, I remember that man that, t- that takes me back i think it was like 10 years ago wasn't it yeah like yeah. yeah well i was i was uh like 15 or 16 when i saw blackguard and um i and and seeing insufferum like that and so when other people tell us that like they were you know they were inspired by our album while doing some other stuff it kind of puts me back in that mindset of like how i felt when i saw some of these bands that were formative for me kind of coming up yeah um, you know it's really cool it's cool to, to see so i like hearing stories from people so i, w- I wanted to talk about the live shows Corey. i think you had a question yeah. about them but the live shows, yeah right? yeah i actually uh I want to know what the craziest thing that you have experienced <laughs> during a live show is. Cause we know, we all know how crazy shows can get. What's the craziest thing that you've experienced in general? Putting him on uh, the spot. <laughs> well, Hey Donnie. Yeah. Donnie. Uh, the, the, our guitar player, Donnie is here. He's hanging. Wait, are you talking to anybody right yeah. now? <laughs> Say, Hey, uh, hey, this up, is Joe? Corey and what up, Donnie? Sonny. Um, no, 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 no. It's Ragnar Lodbrok and Ironside Wolfheart. And Old Big Lake. Oh, yeah. What a, so Viking what names. They've just asked me um, what the craziest thing that's ever happened to me live is uh, or ever happened during a live show. Craziest thing that ever happened to, I know to that, you. Well, no, no, no. I feel like to any of us. At a live show? I feel like you have that story about a speaker almost getting pushed on you in Atlanta. Oh, yeah. Okay, so. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> All right, so we were playing the show. It was Halloween in Atlanta, uh, and this is at the Masquerade, I think is what it's called. Yeah, yeah this, the is, this is last Halloween? Uh, no, no, this would be 2016. Okay. Uh, and we were playing this show, and it was with us, Necrogoblicon, and Ailstorm. Wow. And it was like the second to the last show. So like everyone was like, really tight everyone was dialed in everyone's like nailing every part crushing it looking cool on stage uh and the crowd was just like insanely rowdy and everyone was dressed up like crazy things like there was a dude dressed up with, like a banana i saw darth vader there was like gumby in the corner it was crazy and um Ailstorm decided they were all gonna like uh dress up and do goofy things and like call their songs like puns and stuff like that like they were called they called themselves ghoul storm <laughs> and we were like oh yeah maybe we should like dress up but we never did so we just like played it the the laptop messed up right before we had to play but we got it working like literally in a matter of a minute so i was like "Ooh, okay that was the most stressed i was that whole tour <laughs> yeah I've, so like we're kind of like a little like freaked out and nervous now on, on this but everyone's just like as soon as we start playing everybody literally just like fucking starts circle pit yeah smashing into each other there was this uh there was this sort of like barrier in front of the stage like a wooden yeah barrier where it dipped down and then it came back up and it was my goal like the whole time we were there i was like i'm gonna jump on that thing and like it was like so precarious (laughs) and such a bad idea yeah it was not like i was like no way i'm definitely jumping on it this is the second to last show at this location too because it was the old location yeah yeah new one now yeah we we uh i got a brick out of the wall of the venue (laughs) because they were about to tear it down and we wanted a little piece of do you have that brick with you uh yeah i have it downstairs 
so he's going to grab it. It's getting so rowdy. Like the audience is just so intense and so crazy. There's just like a constant stream of people crowd surfing towards us. There's like this roadie, uh, who, uh, one of the stagehands like runs up like where this little barrier is, just kind of like catches people, which the barrier is just like this little wooden platform. Right, right. We're all putting our feet up on and stuff. There's a subwoofer that's like right to my white. And they're they're kind of like stacked up, right? They have two subs kind of stacked. Uh, they're both on the right hand side near me. The shape's kind of shaped like a the stage is shaped like a weird T because you have this like walk out path. But and um, suddenly the whole crowd is moshing. Like it's just like the whole like the whole thing, like all, all of it, yeah. it's like straight up, just like slamming people, just moshing, and they bump into the subwoofer, and the thing slides and starts to teeter, and it looks like it's about to crush me. <laughs> so I'm, oh my I'm God. playing the guitar, and I, I stick my foot up in the air, like at this like awkward angle, like just like kind of like, uh, I don't know how to explain You're it. You're trying to hold it up. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just my foot while I'm playing. I'm looking at this like stagehand, and she's like, catching people crowd serving on so i was like please help come over here please fucking help it's about to kill me <laughs> and like some dude in the audience like uh muscle fucked it back i guess you know? oh my gosh <laughs> all right this is a a piece of mortar out of the wall of the masquerade <laughs> that's pretty cool nice this is the proof the proof that we didn't make it up uh what uh what city was that atlanta, atlanta. Dang. Okay, man, that's 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 not bad for a for a crazy crazy thing to happen at a at a concert. Uh, um, another good one on the same tour, I think. Uh, I mooned Chris and uh, and <laughs> everybody in um, Alestorm. Yeah, there was that. Uh, it was a firehouse. Yeah, I, no, no. Who else was there with me? Was it Alex? Did Alex moon the one? I think so. I don't remember. Alex, I think Alex from Necrogoblicon did it too. There was like a glass floor above the stage. Yeah. So it was like, like if you were playing a show and you looked up, you could see into the room above you, which is where the that's green room. Cool. And that's, that's the green room. Cool. And oh, so me and Alex just pulled off her pants and sat on it while Elstor was playing. <laughs> Someone from the that's audience, weird. like, yeah, that's, that's pretty yeah, awesome. multiple, multiple people in the audience apparently were like, "Are you the guy that was mooning Elstor during this show?" It's funny. Hey, guys, so. Have, Go ahead, go ahead, Corey. Have you guys, uh, you guys been to Dallas? Yeah, yeah, we've yeah. played um, uh, Gas Monkey a few times. Okay, all right, yeah, we're we're there a lot actually. That's yeah. a very popular venue. Where did we play with the Wilder Realm tour uh, with Urizen? Oh, I don't remember where that was now. There was, was a, actually a pretty cool. It was it was like a number. It was like the the venue's name was a number. It was like five nineteen or something like that. Um, was it in Dallas yeah, or Fort yeah. Worth? Do you have the poster? It says, uh, Does it say the venue name? No, oh, it just says the states. Well, uh, <laughs> on this tour, uh, we played Dallas on February 23rd of 2019. And we played um, some venue, and I can't remember the name of it. Is The name was like the street name. The name of the venue was just Elm the street. street. It might have no. been that. Well, two, no, 2019. Well, well, no, well, well, there, no, well, Elm Street, I mean, you have trees, you have Club Dada, you have you have all these just uh, smaller venues. But, by the way, Jake, do you prefer playing in smaller clubs or, like, bigger venues? I like for it to be packed. Yeah. So if it's packed at a big venue, I'm happy. Yeah. If it's packed at a small venue, I'm happy. For us, that usually means if we're the big band on the bill, 
we can only play the small clubs if we wanted to be back. That's all good. It's all right. So uh, we were talking about shows. Um, so is your was your first show? I, I don't know if I heard this correctly at a different, another interview. Was your first show you opened up for Power Man 5000? Is that true? Not our first show ever. That was the first show where we got to play with a bigger band. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I mean, I mean, we got to play with bigger bands all the time, like Motionless and White. Yeah, <laughs> we did. Motionless and White is big. Look, I know the metal community <laughs> a little bit it talks a little bit of smack, but they got some bangers, undeniable. Um, they do. But uh, our first show ever. I'm pretty sure we opened for a band called Mutilation Rights, which is a uh, like a black metal band from Brooklyn. Okay. That like they got pretty, they got some some good stuff out there. Um, How was that? Uh, there were like eight people there, and we were all real nervous, uh, and it was fun. It was very fun. Um, that was maybe ten years ago at this point. Uh, and then the first show we, we like opened for a bigger band was Power Man 5000 in Raleigh, North Carolina. That was a big deal for us at the time because uh, we had never played in Raleigh. We had all really wanted to play this venue called Volume 11, um, which was like in Greenville, we had the Tipsy Teapot, which was a like a bookstore and coffee shop that we would play at. Yeah, oh, but like the other half of it was a bar. Yeah, there was a bar in there too, in like the other <laughs> room. And then uh, we had the Spazitorium, which was like an illegal venue operated out of multiple different spots. Um, sometimes it was the Spaz House, which was the same people that ran the Spazitorium, but it was just out of some dude's house. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so those were all like the first places we would play coming up. And Backdoor Skate Park, that was like a, a – it was just a skate park, and you played on the ramp. You like set your amps up on the ramp. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, yeah, Volume 11, we wanted to play there because that was like – that was where the national shows would come through. Like no national shows ever really came yeah. through Greenville. Did you reach out to them or did uh, did you did one of the bands reach out to you or somebody who – Laura Greenwood, who, who ran our first record label and did the art for One Chosen by the Gods. Um, she was friends with the people at Volume 11, and I was going to NC State University at the time. And uh, was I was like studying under her at the college radio program there, which was eighty eight point one WKNC. Uh, and she was like, "Well, I hear that you know I've I've heard the demos of your music you're working on, and I'll talk to Keith over Volume Eleven uh, about getting y'all on a show." And so we got on Power Man Five Thousand that way. And then the next show we played was a bit more like our our crowd, which was we yeah. opened for. Uh, in Sephirum, and Fintroll, and Barren Earth, and Rotten Sound. Uh, wow. So we were the first of a five-band bill. But it was still sick. It was, like a, it was like a packed show, and it was the first time, like, people in the audience were, like, singing along to the songs. Uh, and I think that was 2012 or 2013. Um, yeah. So we – but we did play with Power Man 5000. I didn't actually stay and watch them, though. I had to go back home so I could <laughs> – I could wake up and go to school. 
Oh, uh, you could have sung along to When Worlds Collide. It's all right. Yeah. It's all right. It's all right. You know, all these bands that we're talking about, does it, was it one of kind of like the um, triggers that got your band to where you are now? Just touring with more known bands. And then now you're getting the recognition and, you know, the, you know, these releases and everything else in between. Does that, does that part of your, you know, assisting a band getting to where they want to get, like touring with higher known bands? Um, I know does, that we, does it even matter? We, yeah, it definitely matters. We, so you, you're asking like, how much does it help when you go play with a band that's bigger than you? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So, um, when we did that tour with Ailstorm in 2016, um, I have the poster for it, actually. We can reminisce together. Uh, let's do it. That was this tour right here. The Pirates, Goblins, and Bears tour. Uh, the Super, Super Smash Turbo Tour 2016. So before we did that, we had never played like a really big uh, tour. We had, we had headlined or co-headlined all of the tours that we had ever been on. Uh, and as a smaller band, you kind of get into a rhythm with that of it's like, okay, you know, we should expect 15 people at every show or 20 people at every show. Uh, and, and we had an absolute blast doing that every time. But, you know, you don't really make a significant amount of money doing any of that. Uh, yeah. You know, you just kind of go out and have fun and then get back. And, uh, you know, you make no money for a long enough time. and you get like, man, I don't know if I can keep this up, you know, like, like I gotta, I gotta decide between doing a tour and like fixing my car. Uh, yeah. And so that tour with Ailstorm at the time was when we were, we would always tour around in my Toyota 4Runner uh, with the U-Haul. So it would be four of us in the, in the SUV and then we'd have all our gear and trailer in the back. Um, and we did that on that Ailstorm tour. And on that tour, that was like, before we did that, I was about ready to throw it in. And then we did that tour and we started playing for these crowds, these Ailstorm yeah. crowds. And they were like, you know, 400, 600, 800 people big in the U.S. at the time. Uh, and that, that just totally rewired my brain uh, where I was like, holy shit, like, you can actually do this. I just figured you just couldn't. But apparently, you can just go out and play for 800 people and have a sick time with your friends. Yeah. Um, and so that we actually on that tour is when we wrote "Hunger," <laughs> when we got got the skeleton for that song put together because uh, that was uh, that, that is that is actually my favorite song. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I love that song. Uh, that so that's when we put the skeleton together for that song. Uh, you know, we it went through a lot of development after that, but that basically the the overall idea was like, oh damn, this is like a taste of what you can do when you're like, uh, you know, playing good music for a long enough time. You stick with it for a long enough time, and before this, I probably would have been down to to stop, and now I'm definitely not down to stop. I want to keep trying to to yeah make a gap. Uh, so yes, I think I think so. Even if I mean I I think we we made significant like gains in the quantity of people that knew about our music on that tour, but 
maybe more important than that is it was just like an emotional refreshment to get to play for these big enthusiastic crowds uh, on that Ailstorm tour. Corey, did you have a question? Yeah, I, heard you. I, saw, yeah, your that, that was I my, saw your hand doing this. I was like, does he have a question? That was my sonny. <laughs> don't talk. Let me get in this. Uh, so as we're, as we're getting this uh, Cribs episode in, you know, the Aether Realm Cribs episode here. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm noticing that you, you have a lot of uh, sentimental value uh, stuff that holds you know some sentimental value there yeah like the like the posters and then you had the uh the brick the mortar yeah so yeah, yeah. all right so what what is uh one of your most prized possessions uh that hold the most sentimental value to you huh um that's a good question uh i've got you know i've got a lot of odds and ends i've got some stuff that like i care about that um is like family stuff. Uh, I've got this old piano over here that uh, has a lot of sentimental value. Uh, and I got that. I used to play at a, at a church. I used to play bass at the Methodist Church in Greenville, North Carolina. Uh, and they were had this old piano uh, that they were getting rid of. And uh, I saw them like wheeling it out towards the dumpster. And I was like, can I? I like, can I get that? <laughs> They're like, yeah, well, the soundboard's cracked, but yeah, sure, sure, you know, you play bass for us for a while. And so it works perfectly fine. Uh, but if you get up top in some of these higher notes, oh, yeah. They're a little like some of the high notes are out of tune, but it does well enough to write music on. Yeah. Uh, that one is, is certainly. Uh, I mean, I have sentimental value, but also like I, I spent a lot of time playing it, so it's just yeah, like I use it a lot. Um, we've got all these posters from all the tours and different yeah. tours we've done. That's cool. Do you, do you uh, happen do you happen to have uh, the first ticket to your first ever show? Uh, no, like, they didn't have tickets for our first ever oh, okay. show. You used to show up at the door. We've got uh, we've got this little sign. It's from the creators of a game called The Messenger, uh, and there's some buds of ours from Canada. Uh, they put out a game called The Messenger. It's on Switch. They're going to put out a JRPG sometime in the next few years, uh, and that was really cool. We've got this sign with our logo on it that lights up from a gentleman named Alex Wolf. Uh, he's got a thing called Wolf Sign Studios, and he showed up at 70K, like the 70,000 tons of metal. Yeah, thing. you, you guys played it. that, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. And he just showed up with that, with like a bunch of Aetherrealm <laughs> stuff that he had made and gave it to us. We're like, what are you doing, man? This is crazy. <laughs> uh, anytime we get like gifts from from fans, they, they tend to go somewhere uh, yeah. where we can look at them and remember a good time yeah it's good oh you have that ticket from when you opened up for yeah Corey. yeah you should ask him about uh the hot sauce because donnie's oh yeah right right so so hey where's donnie i'm gonna tag tag donnie in okay so so we want to ask both of you guys i don't know if it's i don't know if jake left Old big leg leg. so so Corey, go ahead and ask him go and tell him about what our 
previous shows were about. All right. So have you have you guys ever heard of uh, Hot Ones? I love Hot Ones. Okay. So that was the when we when we first created Interview Under Fire, that was our whole idea was to bring uh, something like that to our local community in Dallas. And because yeah. uh, I know a lot of local musicians, uh, all different genres in uh, in Dallas, Fort Worth area. So we started Interview Under Fire, which was uh, it was kind of a ripoff of Hot Ones, if you will. I mean, we, we paid our, yeah. uh, you know, our dues on that. We gave them shout outs all the time. But uh, um, it was for the locals. And then, of course, we started expanding into uh bigger artists and stuff so we've we've since left that behind unfortunately it was it wasn't a very big uh attention grab for some reason i don't know why but uh so but also because but also because you know some artists wouldn't be like oh yeah, I gotta, right I gotta do show. metal vocals you know i don't want to like eat all these hot wings and then yeah you know go on stage it's so, kind of challenging so which we have we have done uh do you guys know who um uh, head PE is. I don't. Yeah, you do. I don't. I don't. I'm sorry. So, yeah, yeah. So we we interviewed the uh, the drummer for that band, and he he ate the hot sauce before the show, and uh, also an, another band. The whole freaking band came over to the little studio, and uh, there it's a band called Kissing Candace. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So they they've done it before before the show, but anyways. <laughs> The whole idea was, you know, the hot sauce, just like the hot ones. So, first off, what is your favorite hot sauce? Uh, who's who's the hot sauce guy? He, he uh, hasn't okay, ready. So like, this depends on what it's going on. Okay. Because uh, for me, like, if I'm if I'm like putting hot sauce on pizza, I kind of like like a cayenne like okay. type of hot sauce, some like cayenne in it or something. Um, if it's something that's like, uh, yeah, like there's a, just like a little cayenne hot sauce on the okay. <laughs> For for me, like I like the stuff that has like uh, something with citrus and habaneros in it. There's this Firewalker. This is made in Asheville, okay. uh, and this is pretty good. This is like a good everyday thing. If it's something that's like wings, um, I I usually just like to do Frank's Red Hot with some butter. Okay, kind of spin those together, make some buffalo wings. Uh, so you know, I like even... go ahead. I like the ghost pepper stuff. Also, this okay. is a, okay. Getting a little hotter. Tropical Pepper Company. Uh, this is out of uh out of date. No. <laughs> my, this is from I think this is from one of those islands uh, off off of Florida or something. I don't remember. I, I can't remember where it's from now, but it's pretty good. I've tried some of the hot one stuff also. Yeah. Uh, the vocalist for Vale of Noth, uh, he loves hot sauce, and I filled in with them. And he uh, he and I were just talking about hot sauce like that all the time. The whole the whole tour, but he has a bunch of the hot one stuff also. That stuff's yeah. really good. So you do you dip into a little of the uh, you know super hot hot sauce like Dave's and uh, Blair's and all yeah. that stuff? Okay. Yeah, I'll 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 go down that route a little bit and then um, but you know I I kind of tend to favor like habanero with like citrus is like habanero. one of my favorite. Habanero is my favorite. I so so when we I I make my own hot sauce. So we had a we yeah. had a brand of hot sauce. Uh, we had several brands of hot sauce. I had you know some made out of that weren't so hot made out of uh, green chilies and then yeah my, one of my favorite ones was the uh the habanero barbecue sauce that was my favorite oh wow but, uh, yeah our top our top of the line was made with uh carolina reapers it was called devil's balls Ooh. 
It yeah, was called, one, stay away from that one. It was called Devil's Ball Sweat. Now that was <laughs> that was some good stuff. Corey, can you can you can you still make it? Can you still make it, Corey? I still make hot sauce. So so here's the thing. So if A the Round comes to Dallas next time, we would love to do bring that back with you guys. Yeah, that'd be uh, amazing. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, if you guys it. are. If we can do it after the show. Yeah, you got so, to you know, your hot sauce though. For sure, for sure. <laughs> we we have a whole bunch of. Uh, my fridge is full of hot sauce. Just man, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna tear up if I have to have the devil ball sweat. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's it's not gonna be fun. Oh, no, it'll be fun. Actually. <laughs> it's fun. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. It'll be it'll fun, be fun but... for everyone watching. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So uh, before we finish up here, since Donnie's here, hey, out of you guys, I know there's like two other people missing from the band. Out of you guys, who's the most actually, serious? Hold on. Wait, wait, wait somebody. Oh, hey. oh, hey. He was he was hiding right behind us. Heinrich, this is Corey and uh, Son. Heinrich? So who's, who's the coolest one in the band? This guy. Definitely. It's probably Heinrich. Too, cool, too cool for interviews. Obviously. I see a little yeah. bit of uh, – I see some, uh, some mustache twirling. I see we all got beards here. I like this. Yeah, my, my genetics uh, don't really allow this, I guess. So. <laughs> but he's got this, and that's the best thing of all. Exactly. Are you, are you planning on growing it like super long? I mean, like I, I usually don't really trim it that much, but when I like put the wax in, I I inevitably like pull out like little strands of it. So uh -huh. it, it kind of just maintains itself at this length. I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so who's the most serious and who's the funniest out of all four of you? Dude, Donnie is like no, a fucking dude, comedian. Ty I think Tyler. Tyler is pretty. Funny. Actually, Tyler, 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 Tyler. He's the unspoken. Uh, yeah, he's the champ. He's he's a he's got some gems for sure. He's just like Tyler. When Tyler's getting down to business, it's all you know. He, he takes you, care of everything. You he wouldn't expect it, but then yeah. but then when he's ready to goof, like it's it's game over. Like, yeah. he's just like he just starts doing like some funny walk or some shit. And he's just like fucking Tyler. What are you doing? We have a term for Tyler when it's his turn to like ride shotguns. Yeah, when Tyler's riding in the front seat, he becomes front seat Tyler, and we don't let front seat Tyler happen very much because he just gets too hyped. <laughs> we have ban him from the front seat. <laughs> all right, before we finish up here, this is for all three of you guys. So I don't know if you left the room, but um, oh, we're here. We're all here. What would your What would your favorite? I don't want to say non-metal. What would your favorite artist to collaborate with be? That you haven't collaborated that you haven't collaborated with already, like as a band, yeah, or as an individual. Yeah, mm. I just want to like hang out and jam with Paul Gilbert. I think that'd be like really cool, and also he's really funny, so it'd be like really hilarious. That that'd be cool. I'd be about that. I think. I just want to see him play Scarified in real life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. He actually he had, he does these like uh, Paul Gilbert will do these like um, uh, guitar. Uh, things where he just kind of like uh goes to like guitar center and like jams like that and he'll let people come up and right. like jam with him oh man and it's it's awesome because it's just like he like kind of plays it easy for a little while and then he just rips it when he's like all right yeah all right, cool. uh, kid, all right kid you start <laughs> ready to get beat in the, in the dust of your little scrub you think you can jam with the best Boom. <laughs> um i don't know uh maybe cool if like I listen to a lot of dance music. Uh, Porter Robinson is an artist from North Carolina that I really Porter like. Porter Robinson's from North Carolina? He's from Chapel Hill, dude. Oh, yeah. He's from Chapel Hill? 
Chapel Thrill, yeah. I think uh, he makes really awesome melodic, uh, heart-wrenching, like, dance music. And I think he would do a great remix of Guardian. But that's not really his, his like, style to, like, he doesn't really collaborate with a whole lot of people, honestly. So That's all right. Plug that shout-out in, man. Let's, let's yeah. see if we can make it happen. <laughs> yeah, it's a hard, that's a hard question. It is a hard question. Um, I, man, that's, that's, that's so tough. Because there's artists that I think are just really good, but I think might not be great to collaborate with. Uh, yeah. Like maybe like Yari Mayimpa. That might be. Yeah, man, that'd be pretty sweet. I mean, why not? I mean, you guys are already down that path anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the dude makes great music. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I'll say real quick, like we uh, mentioned this in the, I think this question was also asked in the Napalm Q&A thing, but uh you know, we toured with Wilderun several times, oh, and yeah, we talked yeah. about we talked about doing like a split CD with them. So um, that's still not you know off the board. Yeah, we we had um this idea of like doing an uh, album where like one band would do a song, and then we would have it flow like sonically directly into the, the song by the next band, uh, and like maybe do that okay. back and forth. Um, so have like an Aether Realm song, Wilderun song, Aether Realm song, Wilderun song, and do like an EP like that. We were talking about doing something like that, and it has not ever come to fruition. But it was like it would be tight because Wilderun's just the fucking. I, I actually, what I really want to see is your uh, idea of you and Mike Lowe from Inferi. Oh yeah, you guys just have a cover band. But but no oh, one yeah. practices the songs. Yeah. Kind of all, right. <laughs> all right. So the, Just the jam. <laughs> Mike from there's a band called Inferi, uh, from Tennessee. They're like a technical death metal band. And me and nice. uh, one of the guitar players, Mike Lowe, were in a band called Oubliette together. It was like uh, black metal. And um, Mike had this idea where, uh, and I think Greg uh, from um, In Full Darkness was also. Uh, oh God, you man, you're throwing these. This is throwing me back, dude. Man, yeah, you're probably yeah, the only person band, that knows that band. Metal band together. It was awesome. It was really awesome, and they're still doing it. Oubliette's still doing it. I. Uh, yeah, where? Yeah, where are y'all from? Uh, Dallas. Dallas. That's right. Okay. They're Dallas. Yeah. Sorry. All right. Um, so uh, we had this idea. Don, or Mike and and Greg had this idea of having a, a cover band that plays like metal cover songs um yeah. but you don't ever practice you just have to like know the song and try and play it as best you can without ever having played it before that's and a great you do idea all, like you do all requests so someone in that in the audience would be like yeah play play cemetery gates and you'd be like all right i think i kind of know how that song goes <laughs> hey i'm just saying you're throwing out ideas we talked about the whole live going live on twitch or anything like that streaming That'd be a great idea. Yeah, I'm taking a request. I'm gonna. Live <laughs> I'm taking a request. I'm gonna try to play whatever you send me. I'm not very good. It's not gonna be great. But Why not? I'll try my best. <coughs> okay, so this is the last thing I'm gonna do. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna put you on the hot seat. I'm gonna see how well you know your songs. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna read out some lyrics. You tell me what song it's from. All right. Do you do the Do you do most of the lyric writing? Yeah. If all, I mean, all or? Most. Most, okay. Most, okay. <laughs> all right, so I'm going to start it off here. I'm just going to go in random order. Um, 
No room for these doubts. I'll cast them far away and take up my father's sword. History That's the song in the star. Yeah. I love that song. Um, just bury your skin. Accept your fate. Lie down and wait. There's no escape. Wait. Hold up. <laughs> Winner's grasp. Yep. All right. Uh, <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah, we can play this shit live. Of course. <laughs> We've never played that song live before. Okay, this, this should be easy. Uh, the world will try to tear you down, to chew you oh, up and TMHC. spit you up. Yeah. What, what, so what does TMHC stand for? Tiny Metal Hand Crew Club. <laughs> so, look, I don't, we've had this question a couple times, and it's really hard to describe how it happened. But, like, basically, on a Wilderun tour some, some long time ago, we were all just doing this at each other. Like, you know, you're playing the tour and people are all hype. Yeah, dude, fucking rock and roll. And like, you know, you every tour has like a little meme that's like internal to the tour where everyone starts, you know, just sending it back and forth. And so that's where it became like heavy metal brother. Uh, and <laughs> this, this is funny. <laughs> and that turned into uh, hashtag TMH, <laughs> tiny metal hand. And then we were, we started like we started like telling the audience to do it and be like, all right, everybody, here's the thing. Back in the '50s, when Metallica was playing music, uh, you know, you've got to come out with one of these. But since then, metal has become more subtle and more dynamic. So the metal hand must also become more subtle and more dynamic. And now, let me see your biggest tiny metal hands. Uh, and we try and get the audience to do it. And sometimes they would do it successfully. And sometimes they'd just be kind of like. <laughs> but you know, awesome. either way, it's been fun. And now I our love fan, that story. That was great. Our fan group on Facebook is now called the TMHC, the Tiny Metal Hand Crew. And we gave them a song. We'll make sure to join that. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. It's a lot of me. I, right. I don't. I don't have my notifications on because I can't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Next one. Uh, okay. Let's see if we get this one. Exhausted, he turns to fight. The writer, not Odin a second thought. Gosh dang, he got it. That's from your EP. That's good. He got that. That song's also on, on One Chosen, so it's not. And also, everybody wants us to keep playing, uh, but we haven't played it in a while. Hey, I'm one of those people. So We'll bring it back sometime. Uh, seven years, it has been fermenting. Seven years in an oaken cask. Oh, now it's mind. time. The drink is ready. This booze will kick your ass. Oh, yeah. That's, um, you know, the uh, song by the, the uh, band. <laughs> <laughs> uh, King of Cups. King of Cups. I, I disagree. I think that's the magician. <laughs> <laughs> the one Wait, did somebody, did somebody say the title? Brothers. I can't even yeah, it's King of Cups. King of Cups. King of Cups. I was going to read Hunger, but you already know that one. That's my No, how's that one go? Oh, they sat me down in twisted fate. They fed me scraps from the dinner plate. I waited seven long years, and I've got nothing to lose. My friend, I think you may have made a mistake. Love it. Guardian. You ever uh, think about sitting down and just reading your lyrics as a like a dramatic reading? Just no. get on Facebook Live or something and just <laughs> I, that'd I, be a great idea. I hate having to listen to my speaking voice. 
So well, give your give yourself a Viking voice, you know, like a Thor, like. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. It's all big oh, legs. Oh, big legs. And twisted face. Yes. Man, there you go. Man, the turn. Turn. You know what you should do? Turn that into a podcast. Yeah. No. <laughs> every every single song of yours just read a dramatic reading of a Viking voice. <laughs> All right, Jake. You have any uh, any any last thing you want to add? You want to plug into the show before we finish up here? Um. Old you, you want to plug? You, you can catch Donnie on uh, on the Hootsman's podcast playing some or his Twitch account or his Twitch account. Uh, oh, there you go. He's got a Twitch. Yeah, yeah. From the Gloria, he has a Twitch where he plays like. Warzone or Smash Bros. He's really he's really good at Smash Bros. He beats my ass every time. He's really good at it. Um, and then he's trying to do Dark Souls, but he's like he's bad at Dark Souls. He's not bad, but he's okay. Oh, maybe I can invade him in Dark Souls and finally teach him a lesson. <laughs> but yeah, like I'll hop on there and play games with him or hang out and talk and stuff. He he'll have like guests, like he'll have Chris uh, and he'll have um, Francesca from um, uh, Windrose. Windrose, yeah. And we're all going to play, like, games together and stuff. And it's pretty cool. How do you got anything you want to plug? What was that North Carolina Carolina, uh, DJ you're talking about? No, Porter Robinson. Porter Robinson doesn't need too much plug. And he's pretty pretty absurdly huge. uh, Plug your collaboration with him. Hey, Porter Robinson, collab, please. Please, let me get my wish. <laughs> it's one of the songs. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, I hop on that same uh, Hoots stream every now and then. But um, okay, yeah, that's what I can think of. I'm I'm working on getting some of my own electronic music up, but uh, nothing, no, no, like dates at the moment or anything to look. What's the name? Stuff. What's the name on that? Uh, I don't really. I'm not really sold. sold <laughs> yeah. <on> that, so. <laughs> Isuna or H-E-O-S-H-I-O? Yeah, it's currently, my current alias is the name of a spell in Final Fantasy, so I don't know if it's, like, appropriate to use someone else's intellectual property. Oh, it definitely is. Just just spell it a little different. (laughs) Um, Spell it a little different and change your accent up a little bit. Uh, I think uh, Wilderun is a really good band that everybody should listen to if they haven't yet. They're uh, they're like the new Opeth. The new Opeth, interesting. Wilderun. I my favorite album by them is still Sleep at the Edge of the Earth, okay. but they also have a new album called Veil of Imagination that's also really good. Uh, so I would say go listen to that band. Sleep at the Center. Oh, and Paladin. Go listen to Paladin. Paladin is from Atlanta. They're a power metal band, uh, and their vibrato is the widest vibrato of any band yet awesome sounds good and everyone uh who are the uh our listeners here uh don't forget you can listen to this podcast on apple spotify stitcher all major podcast apps we have donnie jake and heinrich here from eighth realm their newest record wreck neck vikings from hell out on napalm records make sure to pick that up support them and they're gonna be in your town soon thanks for joining us jake and Jen. shout out to the tmhc
What's up, guys? Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and share our channel. It would be greatly appreciated. And we look forward to bringing more guests onto our podcast. And if you have any suggestions on who we should bring next or in the future, please let us know. You can find us at Interview Under Fire's Facebook or Instagram, or you can reach me directly at schwag at interviewunderfire.com. That's S-C-H-W-A-G at Interview Under Fire.